1: Live.
0: Amen. Now, amen. Thank you, Brother Martin.
1: Thank you. Beautiful praise you.
0: song. Uh, awesome. So good. Now we'll have a, a message from Reverend Melissa Black.
1: Well, good afternoon. I pray that <laughs> you all have been receiving the word from song as I have through the. Playing of the saxophone, my brother Court Martin. One of the things that I love more than any other form of music is the saxophone. I right. I, I bought CDs and I'm often accused of of listening to jazz. <laughs> if you listen to jazz music? I said, No, I listen to gospel music by saxophone.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs>
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let everybody express.
1: Say that again.
0: I said the word says let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. So, Amen. Saxophone takes our breath, so I think it, it it's included in there too. Amen.
1: Amen. There's something about the saxophone that makes my cells happy, and I I read that when my cells are happy, my body is detoxing, and I'm getting more healthy. So, Amen. 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 I give honor to God and to Jesus, my Savior, and to the Holy Spirit, and my teacher and my helper. I also thank you for your presence. Now, I know that Sister Gloria told me it's not necessary to do this every time, but it is. And the reason it is, is because um, saying thank you is just a part of living. Mm-hmm. So I want to say thank you to the ministry team. That includes the associate ministers, the Bible study leaders, the worship coordinators. Our moderator and our advisor and mentor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones. Dr. Jones is going to be preaching for us next Saturday, so you all pray for him during the week. Amen. Then there's our talented and helpful and importantly necessary administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill, who also gives you the greeting each week. She prepares that beautiful newsletter that you receive. Then I want to personally thank each of you for agreeing to be a part of what God is doing in this hour. Nobody knows the impact that is being done when we come together in this fashion and we dare there to use the airways to listen to the name Jesus, but we do know that God has given us an opportunity to use modern technology for his glory. Mm-hmm. Now I want to introduce a little bit more our, our music, musical psalmist. For the afternoon, Brother Cord Martin. He is actually a relative of mine. He is the grandson of Reverend Verlene Jones, and she has sung for us several years ago. Brother Cord was recently named uh, Teacher of the Year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A broad background in um, in the musical field, and he is a graduate of Middle Tennessee State University. Um, Brother I'm waiting on your, uh, your resume to come back up. From so, Military oh. University uh, in music education, then he has a master's of music and instrumental conducting from uh, Sam Houston State University. My Lord, is amen. man currently co director of bands at Withorn Middle School. And I saw a picture of him having, uh, uh, actually playing with several known musicians. Kirk Whalen was one of them. Uh, Calloway was one. So oh, brother, Lord, amen. blessed to be in that place. And then he recorded on uh gospel artist Benita Washington's faithful God. Amen. He's also with uh uh Jamar Carter's verily. He has some other uh very uh important and noted personalities that he's played with. Most importantly I record a man of man of God, a man who gives his talent to the servants of the Lord. He is uh, placed in the the of our chief oh, family and we, we serve God all our lives. Then there's a uh Lord Brother who is managing a hall this week and it will be meeting and unmuting if necessary. There's a static right now. We have to look for it. I want to thank you to all of you. Thank you, Ms. Martin, for bringing us into the presence of God. We know that we're all from across the the United States. We're not seated in one place in one church, but we're actually the, Moved and and I, I to come in to New York, and to New York. I to New New places Moved to to New services. We to New to New York. Moved to New of to New to New to New York. Moved to Sister Car- to Sister Car- Sister Car- Sister Car- did I tell you the, the scripture lesson for today? No. Well, here we go. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You see what this means? All these pioneers blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Drip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race, the wooing end. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put, a, put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. This verse says when you find yourself sliding in your place. But over that story, again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he fell through, that will shoot adrenaline in your soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word, God. We thank you that the word indeed is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we take the word that heals us, Lord God, and it's called Z- Zoe, the life of God. Thank you, God, that you see that the word can't come home empty-handed, but it must accomplish what you please and prosper in the things whereunto you have sent it, and God can send your word to us. Now, we expect it to do exactly what you sent it to do for us today. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, and we praise you for it all. Amen. Amen. The title today is Keep Running. Have you considered Jesus? And that is always of interest is the Olympic Games that have been held all over the world. The Games are being held in Rio de Janeiro, and everyone is excited to see who will win the gold, the silver, or the bronze medals. In Tennessee, we had the blessed privilege of sending a track and field runner to the Olympics in 1960, Gina Rudolph. She was considered the fastest woman in the world in the 1960s and won three gold medals in the Olympic Games in Rome that year. She competed in two Olympic Games actually in nineteen fifty six and in nineteen sixty. Wilma was a graduate of my alma mater, Tennessee State University in Nashville, began her journey to the Olympics. I want you to listen carefully to what she went through. She was born prematurely, weighing four and a half pounds, the twentieth of twenty two children. She contracted polio at age four and wore a brace on her leg and foot until she was nine. By the time she was 12, she had survived additional bouts with polio and scarlet fever. Following her sister's footsteps of playing basketball, she gained the attention of a Tennessee State University coach. This began her career in track. By the time she was 16, she had earned a spot of U.S. Olympic track and field team where she won the bronze medal. That year was 1956. In 1960, she came home with three gold medals after serving on the same U.S. Olympic team for field and track. Now, What does that have to do with us? I saw something very important right off the bat. This young woman, born an infant with a challenging start in life, she stayed in the race until she won. If she had given up anywhere between birth and age 22, she would have never captured the gold medal, not once but three times. She would not be listed among the winners of the Olympic Games, bringing pride and encouragement to other runners of color. She had to deal with prejudices, rejection, Cold War tensions, and civil rights demonstrations. But God had a plan for her life, and now she's one of the great cloud of witnesses that has gone on before us, and she's standing on the sidelines saying to you and me, Keep going. You can make it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Never give up is the title of the devotional I read while on a silent retreat this week. The scripture reference was the text today. Hebrews 1 verse 3 in the God's Word translation reads, Think about Jesus who endured opposition from sinners so that you don't become tired. And give up. The letter to the Hebrews was written during the first century to Hebrew and Jewish believers who had been enduring severe persecution. Some were considering abandoning their faith in Jesus. The writer of this book of inspiration to the Christians is known. This book culminates with the report of the Hebrew Hall of Fame. In chapter 11, which starts off with the definition of faith, I like the amplified version best because it assures us that we actually have invested in something when we gave our lives to Jesus through faith. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of being hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith, comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Then, before too many verses have passed on, we are reminded why faith is necessary. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards us who earnestly and diligently seek him. You see, God is the coach. He actually sends the Holy Spirit to help you. There is a race to be won, and he wants you to know how to win it by who. Jesus is the scorekeeper, and he reminds the father that he finished the race, and so could you. You cannot be thrown out of the game or off the team. Listen, your reservation has been confirmed. The great cloud of witnesses are reminders to God that he's no respecter person. They made it, and you have to. When you get tired along the track, the Holy Spirit, that living water, shows up to fill and infuse you with power to keep going. Never give up. Consider Jesus. When you get tired, weary, depressed, beat up by those who persecute, stalk, and assault you, look up. Consider Jesus who has trod this path before you. I was thinking about this section of the paracoup today, and I thought of Job. You know the story, there's a gathering every morning between the angels and God, and Satan shows up. Perhaps the angels are getting their assignments to watch over this one and make sure Sister So-and-So and Brother Nameless gets the help they need to make it through the day. Up comes the devil looking for trouble but there's no trouble where God is, does not ask him if he's considered his servant Job. I had a lady tell me about the consideration of Job. It was about nine years ago. She knew about all that I was going through and had been through and was very kind to me. She said, who are you to God that he will consider you for this matter? So I say to each of you today, who are you to God? that he will consider you for this matter. Mm -hmm. You'll have to make reports of crime being committed, which will make you unpopular. You'll have to stand your ground when everyone else is sitting down. You'll have to speak up and challenge people in a godly way. Those who may hackle you and question your sanity, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself this question. Who am I to God that he will consider me for this matter? They really told God about the hedge of protection he had around Job and probably some angels waiting to fight on his behalf. So he challenged God to remove the hedge, and he'd make Job curse him. This was done. The news got to Job that his cattle and his sons and daughters were dead. Before Job could recover from these losses, he finds himself getting sick with an unknown ailment. His friends accused him of doing something to deserve the misfortune that had happened to him and give him bad advice. And Job's wife tells him to curse God. But actually, God had allowed Satan to pull, pull out all the stops to try Job's character and his loyalty. Guess who won? God did. Job's reward for standing was the return of all that he had lost. Many times over. Now the next Satan comes to text God about His head of protection around the servant. Perhaps God said, "Have you considered my son?" Jesus was on earth determined to complete His assignment, to save the lost, and to declare the time of the Lord on on earth at hand. The story reads that the baptism and the anointing. Of the Holy Spirit from heaven came first. And immediately Jesus was sent to the wilderness where he began to be tried by the devil. He was tempted with the lust of the flesh. Satan said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he was answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then he was tempted by the lust of the eye. The scripture reads, Then the devil to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Yes. you remember Jesus' answer to him? You will not tempt the Lord thy God. And then there was the pride of life. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And next came Calvary. We find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying and asking God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. The word says, after Jesus came to the place of acceptance and declared, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done, that God sent the angels to strengthen him. He'll do the same for you and me. Glory to God. Even on the cross, that place of shame, Jesus was mocked and chided to save himself. But he knew that he was almost at the finish line, and he dared not drop out of the race. Mm. He died, he rose again, and he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus won these battles in the race to the kingdom of God that we might be able to come behind him and do likewise. Mm. He knew one day the advisory The adversary would approach us and Jesus about you and me and God would say to him, have you considered my servant Millicent or any of the rest of you? My advice to you in the midst of your trial right now is to consider Jesus. The word says Jesus began and finished this race we're in. So if you want to learn how to win the prize, study how he did it. He never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. I read in a devotional once that Jesus told the writer of that devotional that he never lay down at night without studying the scriptures and who he was in them. That's your clue. When times are hard and the going gets rough, look in the mirror of the word and remember who you are in the scripture. And now Jesus is there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And we come to verse 3. The Message Bible, and I've I've read from several different versions this afternoon because they make the point. They help me to make the point. So the Message Bible reads, when you find yourself flagging in your face, Go over that story again, line by line. That long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. The King James Bible says you want to faint in your mind. How many times have you wanted to give up, quit, and sit down? You, like Peter, began to hear the wind and see the waves. Real you take your eyes off Jesus. Have you ever told God you were tired of holding on? Consider Jesus. The word says, go back over the story item by item, line by line, to encourage your soul. As I close, I'll share more with you about the devotion I read on Thursday. I read about a man who rode in the Tour de France. He tried 16 times before he won. He got second place five times before he finally won in 1980. What if he had given up after the first loss? What if he'd thrown up his hands after the first second place win? No, he kept training and trying until he won. This is how we must do. We have an eternal future at stake. We have those coming behind us who are watching how we run this race. They need to know how to stand and sing and pray their way through. They need to hear our testimonies of how we came this far by faith. They need to hear us tell of how God showed up at the last minute and stayed the hand of the enemy. He healed our sickness, turned things around for us, gave us favor and grace, showed up. We may not have to have a, a bout with the bear or the lion and we didn't face the fiery furnace or the lion's but believe me, we have had our demons to contend with. We have mountains of death, mountains of important people and loved ones. We face being ostracized and criticized, but the word of the Lord to you today is consider Jesus. The word says he began and finished this race, and he won. Amen. So perhaps there's someone listening this afternoon who is feeling like throwing in the towel. You've gotten tired of standing and tired of running and tired of waiting, and you think it's not worth all you've been through already. I invite you to consider Jesus. Consider the one who became an example for us to learn how to run a race and stay in it until the finish line. Consider him who gave up all that he had, because he was already in a place of prominence. He already had everything he needed, but he gave it up because his father said, I love them, and I need somebody to stand, to stand in for them, because otherwise they'll never make it. And Jesus said, I'll do it. Jesus came down to the earth and withstood all that we would ever withstand in our lifetime so that he could tell, tell God that he did it. He did it. He took all of the blame for us. He hung on the cross for us. He died for us so that we could have a right to the tree of life, not just in the earth, but also in heaven. Well, that's the family I'm inviting you to join this afternoon, that family of us who are on our way to heaven, not anyhow, but because Jesus won the race. Now, if that invitation fits you this afternoon, and you would like to become a part of the family of God. It's a very simple way to to get there, and it's simply to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You can pray the prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I accept that I am a sinner, and I cannot save myself. I believe that I am in a race that I can't finish without your help to complete. And because of that, Jesus, I give in today. I accept, Father God, the, the invitation to join your family and to stand and to run with the rest of my family members until we all see you face to face. Father, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the privilege of becoming a son or daughter of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you pray that prayer with me and you, have become made that decision to become a part of the family of God. You are surely welcome to, to join our our clan, to join our tribe of Refuge from the Storm. We'll take you in and be your sister, and and help you to stand and to pray your way through and to learn how to use the Scripture as your weapon in this war. Send an email to Refuge from Storm at AOL dot com. That's RefugeFromStorm at AOL.com. As soon as we receive it, give us your contact information. Someone will contact you right away and explain to you about the decision you've made and then offer our services to stand with you and to pray with you and to agree with you until you see victory in your life. At this time, while you get your elements, we're preparing now for communion. For, For that special time when we remember... While
2: you
1: go and get your help, to come back and another thing. line Hello. Hello.
0: Okay. Hi. Amen, amen, amen Amen. Hallelujah Thank you Now let us commemorate the Lord's Supper The Lord Jesus on the night of his arrest Took bread and after giving thanks to God He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying Take, eat This is my body given for you Do this In remembrance of me. Now you may eat the bread or cracker that you have. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, said for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Now you may drink the wine, juice, or water you have. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Gracious God, may we who have received this sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 And we'll have our closing hymn uh, by the congregation.
1: Brother Coy, do you have one more you could play for us?
0: Um, amen, amen. Let's see. I, did, I didn't have one in mind. Did, did you have one that you had in mind? I have a song that's, that's related. It's not a hymn. It's a more contemporary song, but it goes with your message.
1: That's fine. Amen. praise God.
0: It, is it okay for me to just play it? It's it's
1: yes. yes. Okay.
0: Thank it's you. It's a contemporary song. It's "Finish Strong" by Jonathan Jonathan Nelson.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Finish strong.
2: I mean, technical difficulty, I
3: My way, but feel my footwork down each and every day. No matter what, I'll continue to run.
1: Amen. 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 Let us pray, Father. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for all that you are to us and all that we are to us. We thank you, Father, that you set us on a race that is we're guaranteed to win. Help us, oh God, to take advantage of the faith that you give us, that without which it's impossible to please you. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that each person that are listening this day, God, and those with whom they might share about the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, might take advantage of what you provided for us to be able to run this race, to stay in it until we win it. Praise <clears throat> and praise and the scripture, God. We honor you, God, and we bless you this day, God. Thank you for another opportunity to share your word in our blessed Father in Jesus' name. Then from Numbers chapter 6, my favorite benediction, then the Lord to Moses saying speak to Aaron and his son saying this is the way you shall bless the Israelites say to them the Lord bless you and keep you yes. the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you yes. the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace yes. Then mm-hmm. the last, also important and so Aaron and his sons shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them yes
0: Amen. Amen. Now,
1: yes. you will end the recording. Any of you who would like to have prayer or personal ministry, if you'll stay on the line after the recording has stopped, and we will be happy to minister to you. I will.